0: Welcome into a bonus episode from the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. I'm Drake Tolt, a host of the show and the host of Locked On Big 12, welcoming you into a complete wraparound of college football. We talk all the biggest news, storylines, and predict games this week and every week, live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you watch Locked On on YouTube. Let's get into it. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to College Football Kickoff Live. Thank you for making College Football Kickoff Live your lunchtime listen every single week. That is Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC and Locked On Wolfpack. That is Alex Dono of Locked On Canes. Drake Toll here from Locked On Big 12. Guys. Boring weekend last weekend in college football. We didn't get much around the country that mattered to us headlines wise. What we do get this weekend is a slew of top 25 games, big matchups across the board. We'll talk a lot of Dion. We'll talk Alabama Ole Miss, but we started off Donna with to me, maybe the biggest game of this week, Notre Dame and Ohio State.
1: You know, this is going to present opportunities for Notre Dame specifically when it comes to trying to cement yourself into the college football playoff picture. I also think it's a massive opportunity for Sam Hartman to get a little bit more love among the Heisman Trophy contenders. I know winning would be the priority for him over an individual award, but you know this is a guy who has had a, had a great career at Wake Forest up to this point, but being at Wake Forest flew under the radar a little bit now. He's hit the big time at Notre Dame. And I look at this, and I, I know Ohio State are road favorites in this one, but this – I've, I've gone both ways throughout the week in handicapping it, but I think this is a game that Notre Dame can and probably will win uh, if they can exploit Ohio State's offensive line and just Ohio State's offense, period. Uh, I think this is a big one. I know that uh, in the whatever head-to-heads they've had in recent years, those have favored the Buckeyes, but this is this is a, gi- a gigantic game, Drake and Kenton, on a list of really good ones this week on the slate.
0: Hmm. And Kenton, same for you. I mean, when you look at the amount of top 25 games, the amount of big matchups, and teams that could be knocked out of playoff contention altogether just on Saturday alone, what do you have, your on? You
2: know, it's hard to look away from this Notre Dame-Ohio State game for so many reasons. This is going to be a big game for me because my bold prediction to start the year off was what? Notre Dame was going to be closer to the playoff than Georgia. This game is either going to go a long way in making me a GOAT or making me a dunce, one or the other. I'm, I'm walking out of this thing either doing my best bah, or putting my little pointy hat on. I, I, I'm not sure which one I got yet, but the, this game is going to be big time uh, because, I mean, more or less, this is going to be a playoff eliminator for at least one of these teams. Yeah. Um, as far as Ohio State goes, they could run the table after this and get in, but for, for Notre Dame, there's no way. Unless they absolutely dominate, and I mean crush, everybody in front of them by two to three touchdowns a game, I really don't see a way for them to sneak back into the playoff conversation with a loss here, especially a loss at home, especially if it isn't like a close last-minute fluke type of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, before we get into the Colorado conversation with Locked On Buffs Buffs host Kevin Borba, I I do want to get into a bit of this whole big hit, late hit, Travis Hunter, death threats. What a wild deal this week across the landscape. Dono, where do we start with a kid who makes a hit that 30 years ago was part of the game and today we've established, rightfully so, that that shouldn't happen and now him and his family are under huge fire. It's sad. Um, And listen,
1: obviously, with not only the attention that's been on Colorado, but the attention on Travis Hunter, who's been, you know, a Heisman candidate and one of the best players in the country, that's only going to make the conversation louder, because had it been a different person getting hit and a different team, I don't think anyone is, you know, making death threats, which is just inexcusable, inexcusable. And listen, it was it was an illegal hit should have been ejected late hit. So, they deserve, you know. Th- there should be some kind of repercussion for it. But you know, anyone who's talking about wanting to take a young man's scholarship away, and any yeah. just awful, awful human being who's you know making, a, e- even if you know the threats are main, maybe not substantive. It's disgusting, disgusting to make death threats towards anyone in their family. Made a mistake, like the and it's it's a dangerous game. It's a bang bang game. Um, hit illegal late. It is what it is. This stuff happens. Football is a very violent game. So at a certain point, you just have to say, unfortunately, in this sport that we love so much, these things happen sometimes. We've got to move on with our lives at some
0: point. Isn't that what Travis Hunter said? I mean, he came out yes, in his and onesie, well. on his live stream in a onesie. Ken, I don't know if you've seen these, but he does, I guess he does a live podcast every week after yeah. these games. And he said, look, football is a violent sport. It seems yeah. like Travis Hunter even is, is at this point has forgiven every party involved.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like Dono said, grown men, kids, young teenagers, young men, doesn't matter. Death threats to anybody, whether they be 45 or 4, is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. This, this young man has done nothing to warrant that and deserve that. Um, that is going too far. The scholarship thing is going too far. However, I do think that there needed to be a conversation about an ejection happening because 100%. there were so many ejections for targeting over the years, where guys were literally just playing football now and there's an ejection. And here we have a case where the ball is clearly has already hit the ground. It is not catchable by any means and you go and light a dude up. I think that there is a very good conversation to be had there about ejections, but all of this extra stuff beyond football, what are we doing? What are we doing? At the end of the day, this is a multi billion dollar game. Not going to deny that. This is a game that some of us have spent many, too many uh dollars and much, too much time on FanDuel about and toes and toes. And toes, <laughs> and toes and toes, you know. And not just the folks who the bookie had to come to their door. Hey, mm-hmm. pay up, buddy. Uh-huh. Some of us have given up toes voluntarily for this thing, uh-huh. but it's a it's a children's game at the end yeah. of it. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. stop this. Your your job isn't going to stop. Your bills aren't going to stop being due. Your car note, mortgage, rent is not going to stop being due because Blackburn didn't take the hit on Driver's Hunter. So because he did. You shouldn't do anything to put all that stuff in jeopardy as well. Come on. Come on. Knock it off. Grow up. Grow I up. Think,
0: I think what Kenton Gibbs is saying is touch grass. Touch uh, just grass. Uh, just yes. kind of a, a really good way to, to – just touch grass, guys. It's, yeah. again, a, a kid's game, Kenton. You hit it. And I want to know Kevin Borba's thoughts on this. He's got a big game this week. That's locked on bus between Oregon and Colorado. We'll talk all of that as Kevin Borba joins the show. Borba is back with the best haircut in the Locked On College podcast family of channels. Uh, Borba, Travis Hunter takes a cheap shot. He's out for a few weeks now. Obviously, he's a key cog, especially going into a big game like Oregon. What do you make, really, of this entire
3: situation? Yeah, I think the hit in general, like you guys were talking about, um, I think it sucked to happen. It wasn't necessary. Um, Honestly, he could have intercepted the pass if he was actually playing the ball, but he chose to hit Travis. Um, Not to defend the hit, but I think it was just kind of one of those rivalry things where it was like, I'm going to hit Travis Hunter right now. Send a message. Don't think he meant to hurt him. Don't think he deserves death threats and probably should have made a play on the ball um, rather than doing that. Um, But with the game itself, uh, losing Travis hurts the defense way more than it hurts the offense. It's not to say that he's not helpful on offense. It's just on offense. They have three or four wide receivers that have been making plays for them. Um, Excuse me. Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver are have been electric they're like one in three in, in the country in catches so they're they're gonna be okay on offense it's a defense where I'd be worried um, they have a couple guys banged up they have guys that came in and didn't play as well as you would hope when Travis went down so they're gonna have a committee of guys to try to fill in for Travis and it's gonna be interesting
2: you know uh, one of the things that has been a revolving theme here which I wholeheartedly agree with is Last week's game, you go into it with the respectability politics of take your hat and your glasses off when you're talking to an adult, and then by a team who has 10 personal fouls in the game. What do you make of that? Because I'm a firm believer in everything that you see on the field is coached or allowed. And I personally am under the mindset that Jay Norvell did a terrible job of coaching or allowing that in that game. But what what say you on?
3: it? Yeah, I think the whole Jay Norvell thing is kind of corny. Um, I don't know why he felt the need to call out uh, coach prime and his son. I don't think I've seen many pictures of coach prime without sunglasses. Like you Google him. And even in college uh, when he got drafted, he had the sunglasses and the Jerry curl. Like he's always had sunglasses Um, ever since he's been to Colorado. He's had a cowboy hat now. Um, That's kind of his new thing. And so it just felt like a reach. It felt like a, a cry for attention. As an only child myself, I'm well aware of what a cry for attention is, <laughs> but like it just wasn't necessary. And so I think when you talk about the penalties and stuff, um, I think it was just them kind of being on a stage that they weren't expecting or ready for. Um, so I think they kind of just weren't prepared for. It. And so, like you said, it mm-hmm. kind of is on Jane Orville to prepare them for that moment. And they obviously were more Worried about the environment than the game itself. Um, I think that's the best way to put it, just because if you allow that to happen in a game that's kind of your Super Bowl, um, then you're going to take yourself out of the game. Because realistically, they should have won the game. They were up by 11 points. Um, They allowed a 98-yard drive with a minute and a half left. And that's kind of on you. So a lot of discipline issues over there in uh, Fort Collins. Morba, I'd love your
1: perspective on all the buzz uh, around Colorado football because uh, you're closer to the program than the rest of us, but at the same time, Coach Prime and Colorado have been arguably the biggest story in sports the last few weeks. All the ESPN shows and the debate shows, they tend to lead off on Coach Prime every single day. And, you know, it's interesting to me as a Miami guy seeing all, you know, the Miami alums on the Colorado sidelines. I mean, can you get some of your guys? Can you get Mason Crosby and like Bobby Pesceveno and Eric bien out at some games? But it's like this is such a big story, Colorado football. It seems to be kind of transcending the sports world right now.
3: Yeah. They've had Michael Westbrook out there and guys like that too. So they, they've had some guys cause they made sure to talk about the past culture and stuff like that. But no, I've been saying that, um, I think Colorado the four, the fourth at the forefront of college football and, and just sports in general, excuse me. And I also also think that this is the most popular college football has ever been. Um, if yeah. you look at it throughout history, um, I think maybe USC uh, with Reggie Bush was the pinnacle, uh, maybe Miami, um, when they were winning, but, I have. I've been saying this. I have people, in my family, my girlfriend's family, um, people I haven't talked to since high school, reaching out to me because they know I cover Colorado for Locked On and Athlon, and they're like, "What about? What is this about Deion Sanders? Like, why is he so popular?" Like, I have random people I don't talk to asking me about Colorado football, and it's like the popularity of college football um, is at an all-time high because of him. Um, he, they got nine million uh, viewers for a game against Colorado State where they were favored by twenty, um, or even the week prior they were. Um, Texas Alabama got 8.8 so more people cared about Colorado Colorado State than they did Texas Alabama and that was a top 15 matchup so he's kind of changed college football Um, he's making it cool Um, on the sidelines they had Offset they had The Rock they had um, Master P was there Um, Chauncey Billups and Kyle Lowry were there which might have been tampering I don't know Um, but they were there in the box like there were so many famous people it'd probably be easier to name who wasn't there Um, it's just because they're so interested in what he's doing
0: Orba, I, when we look at Oregon this week, the this this Ducks team, 21-point favorites, and we've, we've talked about that, Bo Nix, is there a way? I mean, I, I told you, there's no way TCU and Colorado's a game. I thought that this would be a blowout. The Horned Frogs would take it away in a landslide. And now, this week, a lot of the talking heads are saying the same thing. Where do you sit with Oregon?
3: Yeah, I think it's a a very big possibility for Colorado to win. Um, I think it's a situation they love to be in. Um, They've kind of embraced the us versus the world role. Um, And I think they kind of find it hilarious that they're 21-point underdogs. I don't know if that's going to work out for them, but I personally have predicted them to win. Um, So I'll just put that out there. I think offensively they could keep up with anybody in the country. Um, and And I'll say this because I see some looks. And it's like defense can win championships, sure, but offense wins you a lot of games. And realistically all they they're like USC's defense last year. USC's defense last year was terrible, but they led the country in interceptions or and turnovers yeah. forced. Um, Colorado leads the country in turnovers forced. So if they could get one or two off of Bo Nix or maybe force a fumble, that's game changing right there. And Ken Bo Nix and the Oregon ducks keep up with their offense because they were kind of getting sliced and diced by Tyler Shuck and the Texas tech red Raiders who have lost to Wyoming mm-hmm. and Wyoming's a good team. No offense to them, but the Texas tech wasn't the team we thought they'd be. And so, I think there's a lot of credit being given to Oregon, which they deserve, but I also think there's a lot of discrediting of what Colorado's done so far.
2: You know, Dan Landing said when he found out that uh, Colorado was going to the Big 12, yeah. what if they won that that makes their exit important? Right. And I believe I, – I don't know too much about Coach Prime. I, I ain't going to pretend to know everything about him. But I believe that he made the game what? Personal. 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 Yeah. Personal. Yeah. He it's did. personal, baby. He did. It's personal. Do you believe in this in this Buffs team uh, to pull this one off? In, in I, your prediction, I, I know it's going to be biased. I don't care. I want to hear it from more, but do you believe that this Buffs yeah. team pulls off the upset?
3: It's not biased. It's just honestly watching this team play. It's like they always find a way. Um, Shadur Sanders reminds me of Bryce Young from last year where when he has the ball, I'm like, he's probably going to score right now. Like it, He just has that vibe to him. Yeah. Um, and then the thing about Dan Lanning is like, what what he said was it wrong? No. Like has Colorado done anything? No. But would would I have said it with Deion Sanders and like his cult like following that kind of turn everything, literally everything into something? No, I wouldn't. Yep. Because now Oregon has a bigger target on their back. Um, I think they already had a target on their back, and I think Colorado could win. Um, it's kind of like the same situation we've been dealing with this whole time, and so I'm I'm just going on the other side now because I've doubted them twice now. So I'm like I'm just gonna just kind of. <laughs> Flip the script and be like, you know what? I think they could win because offensively they have stars. Um, defensively, they could force turnovers. And while they can't really stop people, um, if you get a pick or a pick six like they did last week, that could be a game changer. Um, and then their coaching staff are fen- phenomenal at in-game adjustments um, for the most part. Uh, their offensive coordinator has made – we've seen them twice be silenced for a quarter and then put up like 400 yards of offense in the ensuing three quarters. And then defensively – Um, they need a lot of work there, but I think they're getting more guys back from injury. And so that'll help as well. More transfers to learn guys. (laughs) Kevin Borba, your team is undefeated and a contender and has the biggest game
0: of the week. Thanks for joining lockdown college football kickoff live. Thanks for having me guys. All right, fellas, let's take a trip around college football to our contenders for the college football playoff like we do every week. But first, Dono. Well, first, we have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. You're a small business owner.
1: These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team Faster and for free, you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Folks, people will see it. I've gotten jobs through LinkedIn Jobs before. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on
0: college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Guys, through now a few weeks, the public has eliminated Alabama. Tennessee and Clemson from the college football playoff picture. But who is still in that picture? At least for now, the Notre Dame fighting Irish can be in the mix. The road to the college football playoff begins tomorrow as they face Ohio state and the Buckeyes. What is the path to playoff with or without a win for the Irish this week? It's time for this week's playoff hopeful. Woj. Joins Locked On College Football kickoff live. Our woes, that is. Tyler Wojak of Locked On Irish. Tyler, uh, this Notre Dame team's got Ohio State coming up on Saturday. And more importantly, playoffs in its sights. Can this Notre Dame squad, regardless of the outcome on Saturday, make the college football playoff?
4: Well, their schedule does set them up to make the playoff, even if they do end up losing to Ohio State, because they still have USC just three weeks after that, who... I fully expect will be a top five team at the time that that game is played. Not to mention Clemson later on in the year. I know that Clemson right now uh, stock isn't too high on them, but if they turn things around and Notre Dame goes 11 and one with a loss to Ohio state, then yeah, I think they're definitely capable of being a playoff team. And I haven't even mentioned the possibility that they beat Ohio state. And I think that's definitely a possibility as well. And if they do end up beating the Buckeyes on Saturday, the path is clear for them At, at that point, they would probably shoot up the rankings, be close to the top five, maybe even in the top five if they're able to pull off the upset at home on Saturday. But they've got the quarterback. They've got a bunch of talent around him, so I think they're definitely capable. We're just going to find out just how good this Notre Dame team is uh, on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern.
0: Well, as you said, find out that that's your word here. Cause you've got the wins against central Michigan, Tennessee state, who cares the NC state game on the road. Not only does Notre Dame win, they also cover. Have you seen enough in these three games to say squarely? Oh yeah. This team is going to beat Ohio state or this team is a playoff caliber squad.
4: I think they are a playoff caliber squad, but I won't know for sure until Saturday because Mm -hmm. there's still some questions. I think they're um, Ohio state is really good team. They're a flawed team. They might not be as talented as they've been in recent years, and that's due in large part to the fact that they don't have a current first-round draft pick at quarterback A quarterback like we've become uh, to expect out of them. They've had C.J. Stroud, and they had Justin Fields, and Kyle McCord might end up being a really, really talented college quarterback. We just haven't really seen it yet. This is going to be his fourth start. Meanwhile, Sam Hartman is going to be starting his 50th game. On Saturday. So it's it's kind of hard to tell, but I think we're going to learn a lot. I'm more interested to see what Notre Dame's defense really is. Again, they've been playing some really inferior opponents up to this point. But when you're going up against Marvin Harrison Jr., and Emeka Iguka, and Travion Henderson, and Mayan Williams, like who cares who the quarterback is at that point? Yep. Those guys are going to make some plays, and you're going to have to be ready to go on Saturday.
0: Let's go there. Quarterback play, Woj. It, when it comes to Sam Hartman who might be the best quarterback in America that's a tough thing to argue he very well could be in New York should be in New York at the end of the year does this team go as, as he goes is it going to is it Sam Hartman or bust for this team's playoffs hope, playoff hopes
4: no doubt and uh it's we're kind of in uncharted territory as Notre Dame fans or at least uh a space we haven't been in in a long time, where the quarterback is carrying the team. Notre Dame has had some really good teams over the past decade plus. Twenty twenty, they went undefeated in the regular season. Twenty eighteen, they did as well. Both seasons, they had Ian Book at the, as their quarterback. And look, I loved Ian Book. He's a gamer, all time winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. But they weren't winning games the majority of the time because of Ian Book. Whereas now, they're winning games because of Sam Hartman. He elevates. Everyone on the offense, and I would say the entire team, like I feel like the defense plays differently. The coaching staff is a lot more aggressive. Um, There was a period where they went three straight weeks converting on two minute drills at the end of the first half. They haven't had to do it at the end of the game yet because they've had such big leads in all of these wins, but you could see Marcus Freeman using his timeouts at the end of the first half when the defense is still on the field because uh, he wants the ball back to give Sam Hartman a chance to drive down the field, and every time he's had a chance to do that at the end of the half, he has. So he really elevates everyone around him, and it's really exciting to see because I feel like most of the time when Notre Dame is made it to the playoff, they they were missing that one key piece, and that's the quarterback, and uh, they're not missing it anymore.
0: Taking Sam Hartman out of the equation, though I know we just said we, we can't, who is it that America doesn't know that's going to be the secret tool for Notre Dame's success down the
4: road? On Saturday, I'm going to say Benjamin Morrison, the cornerback, and he's going to be um, probably under the biggest spotlight because he's going up against Ohio State's wide receiving core, and I would say they are probably at the top, at least for sure, the best wide receiver room in college football. USC can make a case that they're a little bit deeper. They go like eight or nine wide receivers deep, and that's certainly true. They have a stacked receiver room as well. But when you're going up against Harrison Jr. and Ibuka, like – Those guys are so good. But I think Benjamin Morrison is a future first-round draft pick at quarterback at Notre Dame. We don't get a whole lot of those, Uh so he's going to have a great chance to prove why he's so good. Last year, he sort of burst on the scene in that Clemson game when Notre Dame upset. uh, I think Clemson was ranked fourth at the time in Notre Dame Stadium. Benjamin Morrison had uh, two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown. He was a freshman All-American this year lot of expect a lot of expectations for him in the notre dame fan base and now he's gonna have to he has the chance to prove it in front of the whole world on saturday well thanks for joining the show today of course man anytime
0: That was Tyler Woj of Locked On Irish, guys. Uh, To you, Kenton, any shot that Notre Dame makes the cut, we always talk about it, oh, this is Notre Dame's year. They kind of have that Texas moxie to them. Uh, Do you think this is actually it?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't just have a shot. There's a path. There's a very direct path for them. If you think about what they have going forward, you know, I love the fact that we completely skipped over the fact that there's a Duke team that may be in the top 15 next week that not Notre Dame game. goes to Durham to play. They're going on the road to a Wallace Wade Stadium, which I'm going to tell you, I was there firsthand for the Duke and Clemson game. That stadium, while it was a road game for Clemson, was not very loud. It yeah. was not very ruckus. It wasn't a, the type of environment that you think of. me, Duke you know, football. wasn't a party. But, but it's still a road win if they can get it, if yeah. they can yeah. get it. And then yeah. you look at the USC game you're looking at a USC team that could easily walk in top two or three in the country undefeated, all the Mm -hmm. things that cannot play defense still. And so you're looking at a situation with Notre Dame where even if we count this game as a loss, you're saying that there's a path here. So if they win this game, I mean, they're all but a shoe-in at that point. But a a loss here, I think that they'll be just fine. They just got to take care of what's in front of them.
0: Dono, buy or sell Notre Dame
1: by um, which is a Miami guy pains me to say that Uh, because the history runs pretty deep there. And, you know, as far as their path to the playoff, I agree with Kenton completely because not only does Notre Dame have the high profile type of schedule, where they could potentially be top four, even if they lose one game. And if it's not Ohio state, who I think they will beat on Saturday, you know, USC, you can take your pick on who they might lose to this year. They can still get in because they're also one of the most visible programs in the country. When it comes to television exposure, that plays in Notre Dame's favor. And this game is a huge opportunity for them against Ohio state because Even though Notre Dame has had a couple of cameos in recent years in the college football playoff, they haven't had success the way Ohio State has. That's been in their DNA. They've been one of the more consistently successful teams in the CFP era. They've also consistently had first-round quarterbacks, and they maybe don't have one of those this year to the Buckeyes. But still, Notre Dame is kind of fighting against their DNA this week. But I think they have the quarterback because I'm taking – Hartman over McCord and I also think Notre Dame is going to have an advantage like Kenton talked about being in their home stadium that's a tough road game and and McCord's first uh, road trip against Indiana didn't go all that smoothly for him so I, I think the fighting Irish can pull it off obviously matching up against Ohio State's just revolving door of future first-round wide receivers is going to be the most difficult matchup here, but I think they can put pressure against Ohio State's offensive line. I don't necessarily think this is going to be a beautiful, high-scoring type of game, but I think it's going to be a Notre Dame dub. Three-point underdogs at home, I think they cover and win.
0: Let's take it from ACC adjacent to the actual ACC. What was thought to be a potential top 10 matchup this preseason is now a battle between number 4 Florida State and unranked, unknown Clemson. We kicked to Brian Smith of Locked On Seminoles to preview this matchup.
5: There are three prime reasons that Florida State should defeat Clemson. Number 1, quarterback experience. While Cade Klubnik is a very talented young man, Jordan Travis He's a graduate student. He's been there. He's done that. And don't forget about his legs. He can make a play in the clutch, even if a pass is not there. When it is available, Johnny Wilson, that's a really great option. He's averaging 20 yards of reception, and his 6'7 frame is very attractive. And, of course, there's Keon Coleman. LSU knows all too well about him. Finally, can Clemson protect Kate Klubnick? They've been giving up a lot of pressures, and while he's not been sacked a lot, If he's under duress from Jared Verse and the Knowles, that's not going to bode well. Florida State overall just has more talent than Clemson. They have more experience, and I think they're up to the task. Florida State gets it done 35-24 in Death Valley.
0: That is a double-digit. Hick from Brian Clemson over Florida State, what I do like about this game uh, that bodes well, Dono, for Clemson is that it's 11 a.m. I mean, or bodes well, Florida State, I should say, is 11 a.m. I mean, it, this is not a a night road test. I mean, yeah, it's just the, not all college football is looking at this. It hasn't become the marquee matchup that it was supposed to be. And to me, that almost helps Florida State just roll in a game that they are certainly expected to win.
1: Well, I don't think uh, Clemson has been a a home underdog since the George W. Bush administration, and they—I wasn't even alive
0: for that, (laughs) Dono. And they've also, oh my
1: gosh, and and they also hold, I think, seven consecutive wins head to head against Florida State. But Clemson's not winning this game. Uh, Florida State are the rightful. Road favorites here. I just don't see Clemson being able to score enough to hang with them. And I, I, I thought that Brian hit the nail on the head when he talked about the talent discrepancy. A couple of years ago, you didn't think you'd be saying that, uh, you know, against Clemson with yeah. a talent discrepancy. But you know, they they haven't adapted to the transfer portal. Dabo hasn't the way that Mike Norvell clearly has. They've had a you know a good mix at FSU of organic uh, recruiting, but really just a, a boost when it comes to what they've done in the transfer portal. And, you know, people may have reservations about Florida State. I like to buy low on teams because, yes, they labored to beat Boston College on the road last week. But a couple things on that, guys. When you know you've got Clemson the following weekend on the road, that BC game, it can be a look-ahead game. And it's also really tough to win at Boston College, especially for the annual red bandana game, which is what Florida State was going up against. So they survived their letdown game last week. This is not going to be a letdown game for Keon Coleman and for Johnny Wilson. And obviously something I'm looking for is, you know, is Jordan Travis 100% healthy? Because he did get banged up and missed a couple of series with a shoulder last week. Uh, You know, he's going to start, but is he limited in any way, shape or form? We'll find out. But I think Florida State wins this game comfortably.
0: Yeah, when I look at the Boston College game you mentioned, it seems like every big team has that one game on their schedule. Georgia-Missouri last year, where Georgia just escapes Columbia with a win against a middling Missouri team. Uh, Kenton, for you, when I look at this, I think, all right, yeah, Florida State wins for sure. They cover two. Did they win by double digits, though? That's where I I think I hang up.
2: Yeah, I agree. The hang-up is right there. I don't Mm -hmm. think that this Florida State team knows how to get it done that well. With all due respect. What about Brian the LSU Kelly, game? Hold on. Right, and Let me yeah. finish that out now. If Brian <laughs> Kelly did not piss down his leg in a way that I have <laughs> never seen from a, a head coach that's getting paid millions of dollars, my brother in Christ, you have a receiver that is yeah. giving the fade signal back to back to back on your corner, and he's dunking on it. It's not like he's giving the fade ball and, and he's it's incomplete. He is completing these passes, and you stay in single high coverage for what reason, Mr. Kelly? please I elaborate they're not running the ball well and you say it's okay we need the extra body down there we're, we're not going too high that's just it's too much like right So with that being said I think that their talent carries them most of the way but honestly and truly I think that Dabo is the better coach and he finds a way to get this thing close close I, I'm not saying that they win this game I don't think Clemson wins but yeah. I think they find a way to keep this one close against a much more talented um, Florida State team that you know you talk about the portal. All of their stars are darn near all of them, okay. except I believe the backs are all out of the portal. Everybody. Yeah. And so that's, you know, you talk about the 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 future is now old man mentality. That's got to be how Norvell is looking at Dabo. Hey, buddy, you get with the times and you get rolled over and they're going to get rolled over in this one.
0: Well, Dabo will always appreciate your thoughts and prayers. He's going to need a couple of extra this week as clemson takes on florida state coming up next we take you around the conferences the power conferences in college football as we talk all of the biggest games in a big weekend but first let's bet on those games what do you say dono oh you know i'm down for that task guys
1: FanDuel, we are having so much fun each and every week you can snap into this nfl action with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, which are so much fun, over-unders, and so much more, and got a lot of good action this weekend. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: Well, guys, this is the week we've been waiting for. It is finally conference season and so many big games to kick that off. And ranked versus ranked as well. How do we keep up? We go around the country. In part one of our conference confidential, kicking us off, as always, is Craig Scheman from Locked On Big Ten.
6: There is no bigger game across the country than Ohio State at Notre Dame. This one has playoff implications. It's under the lights in South Bend Saturday night. It's on NBC. The whole country going to be watching. Plus, the Buckeyes offense just finally woke up a couple of weekends ago. But you know what? The defense has allowed the fewest points through three games since 1975. This is generational stuff. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is led by quarterback Sam Hartman. He's the real deal. 13 touchdowns, no interceptions so far this year. And you want to get the remote control out because while that game's going on NBC, on CBS at the same time, we're going to white out at Penn State as they host a very stingy Iowa Hawkeye team in a battle of undefeated top 25s. Another battle of unbeaten square off in Ann Arbor Saturday afternoon as Rutgers visits Michigan. This will be Jim Harbaugh's first game on the sidelines following his three-game suspension. And tonight, it's Friday night Lights of the Big Ten as Wisconsin travels to West Lafayette to take on Purdue on FS1. Both of these teams are supposed to have this new air raid attack offense. Let me tell you something. Badger quarterback Tanner Mordecai, that's not what he's about. That's not what Wisconsin does. They still have their traditionally strong running game. They should use it. Meanwhile, I'm very intrigued by the arm talent of Texas transfer and Purdue quarterback Hudson Card. I think he's something to watch as the season goes on. He's very good. Season's a third over. I'm sad, but it feels like it's just getting going. Enjoy the games. I'm Craig Sheeman for Locked On Big Ten.
7: Week four in the Pac-12 is loaded with a trio of top 25 matchups. And uh, Colorado is not the biggest one, though. It certainly is an exciting one. Spencer McLaughlin here for Locked On Pac-12. Oregon State and Washington State are playing what some are dubbing the first ever Pac-2 championship game in Pullman this week. A battle of top 25 undefeated football teams to begin conference play. A tone setter, really, for both of them. Oregon State looking to solidify their case as a Pac-12 contender. Washington State looking to squarely put themselves into that discussion and make no mistake about it a win over oregon state would do just that the beavers are a good football team and the cougs at home in front of what should be a rocking martin stadium are going to do their best to get that win go to 4-0 move up the rankings and get their highest rankings since 2018 if they are moved up the way that they should be if they're able to win the football game colorado travels to oregon they're 21 point underdogs Where have we seen that before? It always makes it interesting. And it always is with coach prime. UCLA also travels to Utah to take on the Utes. Looks like cam rising might play for the first time in 2023, but for Oregon state and Washington state, it's about which quarterback plays better cam ward or DJ Uyungle Both guys at their peak are really good quarterbacks who are productive and lead their offenses in a really, really solid fashion, but at their worst, there are guys who are completing a low percentage of passes and turning the football over putting it in harm's way and that can really stifle things offensively i think cam ward has to play better than dj ue in this game for the cougars to get the win because i trust oregon state's run game more than washington state's but this is a battle of two solid defenses who are going to be playing a game that feels like it's about more than just football and that's because it is three top 25 matchups. Six games overall this week in the Pac-12. It's going to be really, really fun to see how things shake out.
8: What's up, everybody? Chris Gordy here from Locked On SEC Week 4, and we've got some juicy matchups in the SEC. First up, it's 3-0 Auburn at 2-1 Texas A&M. Big early road test for Hugh Freeze and company, but I think this is a must win for Jimbo Fisher and crew. You can't lose to a new head coach. You already have a loss on the young season. I like A&M at home to cover the eight points. I like Spencer Rattler in South Carolina to cover the six points at home against Mississippi State. I like LSU to beat Arkansas at home, but not to cover the 17 and a half points. That's too many. And the big one. It's Ole Miss at Alabama. It's Luke Skywalker versus Obi Wan Kenobi. But Obi Wan's team is struggling. Alabama going back to Jalen Milro at quarterback, not looking great. Bama only a six and a half point favorite. But with all Lane Kiffin has going for him, Jackson Dark playing extremely well. Pete Golding running that defense. If Kiffin can't beat Saban here, he may never get it done. Give me Ole Miss and the points and the Rebels in the upset of the Evil Empire, Alabama. For more, check us out at Locked on SEC.
0: Wow, Gordy wearing a Joe Burrow shirt with pride this week. Tell him what it is, Chris Gordy. Guys, plenty, plenty of huge games to talk about in college football, but I want to hone in on some individual programs now with our boom and bust this week. Kenton Gibbs, we will start with you. Who is your boom team as of Friday, September 22nd? Well...
2: I love to say this. I've been waiting on this team and I've been, I, I say this with great joy and great happiness in my heart. I'm not going to lie to you and try to pretend at all that I'm holding back any of the glee that I contain for this team being good. I am ready. I have wanted to do this for some time. Penn State is my boom team. And they're my boom team. They are going to look like the real deal. And I'm going to tell you right now this is a team. That is so complete. They play offense in the Big Ten. You heard it. You oh. heard it right. Their name is not Ohio State, and they play oh. offense in the Big Ten. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. I'm elated. And, of course, I'm elated because on defense, they got a couple Cast Tech graduates over there, the King Twins, doing their thing. I'm always excited to big up my boys from the green and wild Look. But with that being said, this is a really, really good Penn State team, a really complete mm-hmm. team. They are solid in the trenches on both sides up front they have good depth at the second level as well multiple good backs multiple good backers and of course one of the best corners in the game in um in Kobe King and and you look at their wide receivers and they finally have a five-star quarterback it's crazy what can you do with an offense in the big 10 they can go they can get it done they can get it done
0: 467 yards per game offensively for Penn State. Uh, The bad news is they play Iowa this week. So if you have a paint-drying competition in your local area, you could probably buy tickets to that for cheaper and enjoy it much more. Dono, boom.
1: I'm going to give you a curveball. This is a team that, to this point, has been busting, but I think they're going to boom this weekend and pick up a big win. That's the Alabama Crimson Tide. What? I don't see them losing – Ah, I don't see them losing two straight at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And I think they're going to have success on the ground this week. Ole Miss, below average rushing defense to this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saban is going back with Jalen Milrow, which obviously uh, he's not instilled a huge amount of confidence, but at least Saban has figured out this is the best guy we've got. They're handing him the keys to the car again. And I'm telling you, Alabama is going to win this game. And for at least one week – they're going to silence some of their doubters because I think Ole Miss is going to be vulnerable. So they haven't been booming to this point. They put up 17 points against USF. They you know, they lost by 10 to Texas at home. But I think this is the yes. week that Bama starts to figure things out, and they're going to boom this week.
0: Dono just said they put up 17 points against USF and lost to Texas, and they're my boom this week. with are my confidence,
1: boom because they're going to boom. They're going to boom, Drake. They haven't oh. been booming. They're going to boom this week. This
0: is a sneaky boom for Alex Dono with Alabama. Uh, mine, guys, I, same thing. I've been waiting for this team to kind of get the marquee win. Can Can they prove against a good squad that they're a legitimate force in college football? They went on the road in the SEC and got a night win coming back twice from multi-score deficits. It's the BYU Cougars. They have been a massive boom in a Big 12. It's been a massive bust. This conference has not been good. BYU has been good. The big reason why, Keaton Slovis is not USC Keaton Slovis. He's not Pitt Keaton Slovis. He is BYU Keaton Slovis. He has fit the offense perfectly. While some of the throws he makes you think, aha, that's Keaton Slovis. Other throws he makes you think, hey. That's Keaton Slovis. Makes sense, guys. You've seen him in the ACC. He has done really well for BYU. Their defense has stepped up in an insane way. Uh, Only allowed 16 points in the first two weeks against Cupcake, so they took care of business. 31 to Arkansas, but they got enough. They got it done against KJ Jefferson, one of the most electric quarterbacks in the country. Road win, SEC, big time for the Big 12. BYU is a boom. Now the bus. We'll pitch it back to you, Dono. Who busts this week for you?
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, you know, Colorado is going to bust this week, guys. Oh, uh, oh you know, Dion's I, I was... watching
0: right now, by the way, Dono. Dion's it's watching. It's personal because of Dono.
1: Nope. I, I, I waited for Borba to be out <laughs> of the studio. Colorado is going to bust this week. Oregon is going to handle them at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, Borba talked about it. Being without Travis Hunter, that's definitely going to hurt them more on defense and it's going to hurt them on offense. But it's going to take away their best cover guy. And, you know, Dion talked about cornerback by committee this week. They, they've they got a five-star true freshman in Cormani McLean, who, you know, cares more about his social media than actually getting better and developing. So uh, I don't think we're don't going to know. see that much if at all this week, okay? Everyone went crazy about Colorado. I I see like Michael Irvin is doing a social media post where he's like crying tears of joy because they beat a team in double overtime that lost to Washington State by 26 points in their previous game. Oregon is going to boom this week, which means Colorado is going to bust.
2: All right, Kenton, who's your boss right now? Dono, he was crying because it was two in the morning. We were all ready to go to bed. We were so <laughs> yeah. happy that, that it, it game was a miracle. Was
1: I was still awake. I usually go to bed at like 10 o'clock, and they talk. You know, that, that game set like a ratings record for the late game time slot. I
2: was even up. Well, I stayed up like yeah. four hours past my bedtime to watch that. Listen, I wake up at 4:30 most mornings. I was crying when that game was over. I yep. was right there with my go, thank you, Lord, this thing is over. But I, I, I struggled to come up with a, a bus team because there actually were two that I wanted to go with. Hmm. And then I thought to myself, you're a rule breaker anyway, so we're going to go with two. I've already talked about both of the teams that are playing these teams have already been talked about. Iowa, I don't
0: know why anybody would rank that team. Hold on. I don't know. What's yet. better, Ken, is they are undefeated and just haven't moved in the rankings. They started at 25. <laughs> they keep winning games. People are like, "I all right, 25 it is. Cade McNamara has looked
2: mid at best. And I mean, like, in the Midwest, outside of Detroit, of course, the the wonderful bastion of of a society that we have there, there there's some really bad food, like Skyline Chili and whatnot. Things like that, mid, right? Okay, Iowa's offense, worse than that which means Iowa as a team must be ma -ma -ma mid But let's go over to a guy that I've talked about on some other shows that I've talked about. In the words of Jay-Z, I don't believe you. You need more people. Mr. Bo Nix, I don't believe you, brother. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. I don't think he's a good player. I'm sorry. I'm going to sit on that. I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to jump on that 10 toes down. As a matter of fact, give me your toe that you cut off, Drake, so I go 11 toes down. I don't believe in Oregon because I don't believe in Bo Nicks. Dan Landon made it personal. I think that Colorado pulls off the upset. Two bus teams oh. for you, right there.
1: And we went completely opposite on that one too. This Absolutely. is great. this is uh, this is Dono versus Gibbs this weekend. Absolutely. What do you know do with
0: this now? I have, I feel like the middleman here. Um, I I can't give you my bus though, and it's. Wish that I was on old Rocky Top. Those guys suck right now. I don't know if you've been watching this Tennessee team, but they were supposed to be good. And they were like, hey, guys, just kidding. We wanted you to think that with Joe Milton at quarterback, who – had 14 incompletions of his 34 attempts this week, not good, and also just didn't look good against a Florida team that got torched by Utah's backup quarterback who couldn't move the ball against Baylor. And I know the transitive property doesn't exactly work in college football, but it's a Tennessee team that should be blowing out Florida home Road. Florida's coach is going to get fired. He's not very good. He's bought himself time because Tennessee pissed down its own leg. 29-6. Not only did Tennessee lose, Tennessee got beat handedly at Florida and and only put up 16 points with Joe Milton at quarterback. Jalen Wright. Jabari Small, like we were supposed to see a balanced running game and passing game from the Volunteers, we have seen none of that to this point. They have been disappointing. In and look, I, I get it. Earlier this season, they beat up on Virginia to open the year. Guess what, guys? Dono, you mentioned Virginia is just bad. It's just a really, really bad football team. And Florida, to a certain extent, also pretty bad. What we've seen from the Gators, and and you know, not only did Tennessee lose, they did not compete. Against the gators, that that's a bust for me hundred percent. We got time for one more boom for each of you guys. let's 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 lean on the positive here. Adano, give me another boom for you.
1: Um you know, I, I, I'm stealing Kenton's thunder and maybe he stole mine because Penn state, uh, Penn state is a is yeah. a massive boom for me for all the reasons that Kenton talked about. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think their game is going to be very exciting this weekend, but this is a ranked matchup for them. They're favored by two touchdowns against Iowa. If they don't cover this week, it'll probably be because they get so bored playing against Iowa. But Penn State has been a massive boom for me so far.
0: All right, Kenton. Now let's 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 diversify here. No more Penn State talk. Yeah, You're another yeah. another boom for you.
2: Another boom. I got to get this guy his guts. So I give credit where it's due. Right. I thought that he was a lifelong defensive coordinator, but he's showing his behind as a head coach in year two. Brent Venables, come on down, baby. Mm-hmm. He is out there doing it at Oklahoma right now. And this is, they're playing. Whoa, against whoa, whoa, that. whoa, 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 whoa. This is boom, not bust. You yeah. Brent Venables is a boom? Yes. Yes. I'm, t- listen, I know most Another people don't. I, now I they I beat Tulsa? People, I know most people don't want to believe me here. I know most people have this team saying, hey, this, Me, Cincinnati I have most team, people. Th- this Cincinnati team not only can, but will pull off the upset here. I think Brent Venables gets this one done. Now, I'm not going to make this my level 18 lock. Now, I-, I ain't going that far. But I think that Brent Venables has this team playing inspired. He's now drawing up those exotic, crazy blitzes that you saw at Clemson again that is giving offensive coordinators nightmares. And to think, If you can give an offensive coordinator in the Big 12 a nightmare, you got to be doing something special because that's a defense is optional type of conference. And yet that team has whooped the wheels off of pretty much everybody has been in front of them so far this season. I've got to give them a boom because I think they get it done against Cincinnati. Can can
1: I I go with a bonus boom because I wasn't here last week? How many booms are we going to have here? Uh, I just just uh, need to give a bonus boom. This is not going to be because Miami beat Bethune-Cookman last week, but I wasn't here last week to talk about uh, Miami's excellent showing, and Tyler Van Dyke's excellent showing against Texas Um, A&M. That's the only real team Miami has played so far but they have been more complete than I expected. Offensive line, statistically, grading out as one of the best in the country. Tyler Van Dyke so far, who had a really bad year last year for a number of different reasons, uh, is actually the pro football focus leader through three weeks so far in the season with a 94 grade. They've been tackling a lot better. Still going to be a few more weeks before they have another serious opponent because they have Temple this week, by week, Georgia Tech, and then North Carolina, which is going to be
0: a huge Mm -hmm. test. But Miami's been booming so far boom you nailed it for me my extra my added boom north carolina north carolina has a chance to do something it has not done since i was born the tar heels have not been 4-0 since 1997 i wasn't even a thought and they got an opportunity to do it this week i i just we're not talking about unc enough the obviously this is a team that has in the last couple of years, under Mac Brown, made some waves. Sure, they've struggled against App State, which they see everybody seems to do, right? As a Power Five team, uh, but we're we're not talking enough about top twenty North Carolina, who can make some noise in the ACC. They are a right now. They are a boom to me, a sneaky secret boom that could end up at the top ten here in a couple of weeks if they're to win that game, Dono, against Miami. Oh, you guys hear that? That was my doorbell. That was my doorbell. Uh, my door dash is here, Dono.
1: Well, I hope my DoorDash is going to be here soon. Guys, missing that syrup on your pancakes, or maybe you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer. With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it, folks. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. And if you want even more value, You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DashPass membership. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store or uh, and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash.
0: Now, I know what you're thinking. They went and nationalized my Locked On show. You're, you're sitting there, you're watching Locked On Ole Miss as we speak, and you're thinking, where is Stephen Willis and who are these three guys? Well, this is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, live every Friday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time with everything around college football. We're taking on a complete wraparound across the entire game. Drake Toll from Locked On Big 12, alongside Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC and Wolfpack, and Alex Dono of Locked On Canes as well. Guys, as we get closer and closer to this noon hour, it is time for Sell Me Why. Ain't nothing but a heartache or a mistake. Sell Me Why this week. Michigan, 23 and a half point favorites in a conference game, the return of Jim Harbaugh against Rutgers, the Wolverines. Host the Scarlet Knights. Here's Isaiah Hole to sell you why the Wolverines will cover that massive spread.
9: The spread for Michigan football in the homecoming game in week four to host Rutgers is Michigan favored by 24 and a half. Will Michigan beat the spread? This is Isaiah Hole from Lockdown Wolverines. And I'm going to give you a reason why Michigan will beat the spread. And I'm in, I have a couple here. The big one is Jim Harbaugh returns to the sidelines. Now, if you listen to any Michigan players throughout the week, they say it hasn't made much of a difference having the interim head coach as well, Jim Harbaugh's been away for the last three weeks. But has this looked like the same Michigan team? It really hasn't. On top of that, this is the biggest game so far of the season. I know, it's Rutgers. But at the same time, we've seen Michigan kind of sputter out. We've seen the starters out from... Midway through the third quarter in each of the first three games now is going to be a time when you see Michigan put the pedal to the metal cover the 24 and a half point spread. According to FanDuel, Michigan has got this one in the bag, even though they have yet to cover the spread so far this year.
0: Wow. Michigan has allowed. 16 points combined in three games, but they're playing a Rutgers team that has allowed 30 points combined in a much stronger three games. Rutgers has what has double digit wins against Northwestern, Temple, and Virginia Tech. All those games coming at home. This is their first road test. Kenton Gibbs, are you sold?
2: Um, I'm sold on Michigan covering this. Yeah, I I honestly think the Fighting Greg Chianos haven't played anybody that's super quality so far this well, year
0: there's Michigan Kenton yeah
6: exactly. I mean
2: I'll give you that I'll give you that but if I'm looking at these teams i am anybody who's listened to me talk on these shows before I always tell people before week four we're all taking shots in the dark and guessing and oh, if I'm man. taking a shot in the dark and guessing hey based on what I've seen so far the little bit of information I do have filling around in the dark doing my best Stevie Wonder impression I think that we're for sure going to Michigan covered yeah, not just, uh, not just just a little visually challenged, not blind, you know. Need need a little help every now. Not blind, but I think that I think Michigan gets this done, and I think they cover. He sold me why? He sold me on this one, Dotto? He didn't
1: sell me because if the way you end your statement is even though they haven't covered a spread yet right. this year, right. that doesn't make me too confident <laughs> in betting a spread this big. It's all about the margins here, Drake. Because if it was Michigan minus 20 and a half instead of 24 right. 24 and a half i'd say okay they'll probably win it by three touchdowns this one is too rich for my blood uh you know rutgers has run the football pretty well this year they put up 254 rushing yards against the temple earlier this season i know that's not michigan but all this to say michigan's gonna win this game i just don't think they win by that much so i'm yeah, not sold yeah
0: this, it reminds me of like the Indiana-Ohio Ohio State game earlier this year where it's, hey, really, really good team that should obviously win against another Big Ten team that plays good defense and has an offense yeah. that runs the ball. We slow the game down. It's just tough to win by like, right. 24 points in the Big Ten, especially when Michigan's offense has been methodical at times this season. Looking at you know Bowling Green, UNLV, and ECU, they're averaging around 32 points per game. That is not a lot in your cupcake non-conference. You know, you're supposed to be lighting things up with an offense like that at Michigan. So maybe this game does end 31-14. That's a cover. That's 24 points we're talking about here. I'm not sold on Michigan, although one of us, Kenton Gibbs, is. How about this one? Utah, minus four and a half and climbing. This one is soaring against UCLA. Utah opens Pac-12 play tomorrow by hosting the undefeated Bruins in Salt Lake. Here's JT Wistersell to sell you why the Utes are going to cover four and a half.
10: The Utah Utes and UCLA Bruins face off in one of several top 25 matchups this week. So Utah's favored by four and a half over UCLA. And if I was you guys, I would be all over taking Utah to win big in this one. Even if Cam Rising doesn't play, I still like Utah to win this one by more than five because of their defense. Utah has yet to give up more than 14 points in the game. And they've only allowed a combined 31 points through three games so far. And that's not just from playing a cupcake schedule. They've taken on Baylor. Florida, and even Weber State, who is an FCS team, but they're a top 10 FCS team. So this Utah defense is tested. They got a lot of returners from last season and a lot of really prime players who are ready to step up. The Bruins will be starting two freshmen. Dante Moore, quarterback, who will be making his first ever Pac-12 start. And he'll be doing it against one of the toughest road environments in the Conference of Champions because this is a Utah team that is 28-2 at home going back to 2018. And the Bruins have not fared well under Chip Kelly going to Utah. So take Utah to win big in this one.
0: Wow! One host tells us his team never covers the spread. The other tells us 28 and two in the last 30 games in Salt Lake City. That is enough. I am sold. I think Utah is still the best team in the Pac-12 with co- consecutive championships. Until I am, as, until I see otherwise. Uh, Canton, give me Utah in this game to cover.
2: They're going back to back to back. This is so.
0: not I this is so. not
2: a, a Utah team to be trifled with or mess with. Mm-hmm. And for all the talk about Dion is personal, I think that Whittingham up there at at at, uh, at Utah is doing the exact same thing, just in a much more quiet manner. This is a team that they're the Rodney Dangerfield of college football. They get no respect mm-hmm. at all. And yet all they do is put on their best DJ Khaled impression and win, 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 no matter what. So with all that being said, I think that Utah covers this one easily.
1: Dono? Now I am sold. Uh, I I think Utah covers... Um, I will be interested to watch this game because uh, this is where all the high school recruiting coverage comes in for me because Dante Moore on the UCLA side, it's going to be a very big moment for him. His team is not going to win this game. They're not going to cover, but that's one of the more impressive high school quarterbacks I've watched in person in recent years. I think that kid's got the stuff. I don't think this Saturday is going to be his time. I think his time's going to come a little later.
0: We got a wideout. On Saturday night, the number seven Penn State Nittany Lions, 14 and a half point favorites over the number 24 ranked Iowa Hawkeyes in Happy Valley. Zach Seiko will tell us why the Nittany Lions will cover 14 and a half.
11: Hey, it's Zach Seiko with Locked On Nittany Lions, and I'm here to tell you why you should be betting on the Penn State Nittany Lions to not only win, but cover the spread against the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Whiteout game. I got a few reasons for you, and the first one is that Whiteout environment. Whiteout conditions in Beaver Stadium in Happy Valley, Saturday, September 23rd. When you have a whiteout game for Penn State, it's already a 7-point, 10-point advantage in favor of the Nittany Lions. So you give them an automatic 10 points to start when it is the whiteout game when it comes to the spread. And we know that this one is 14 against the Hawkeyes. The second one, the second reason here is revenge. Penn State has a lot of revenge on the mind here. Is Back in 2021, when Penn State and Iowa were top five, they met out in Kinnick Stadium. Penn State should have won that game. Lost Sean Clifford. They were up by double digits. The injury to Sean Clifford just derailed everything. And then they lost the game. And everyone was saying, all the Iowa Hawkeye fans and coaches, too, were saying that Penn State players were faking injuries. Not cool. James Franklin's definitely going to remember that. And the third reason is Penn State's just significantly better going into this game. The roster is intact. Iowa Hawkeyes are facing some injury concerns. They're going to be without their leading wide receiver. And Luke Lachey, he's also their number one tight end. They're going to be missing their two running backs, their first and second string running back. they got to go down to third on the depth chart. And a defense that is going to be feisty. They're going to blitz a Cade McNamara, who's not very mobile. Those are my three main reasons why Penn State gets it done. They win, they cover the 14, and it's going to be a fun whiteout, at least for Penn State fans. Anyway, subscribe to Locked On and Nittany Lions for more Penn State football content.
0: Ooh, 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 me, 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 me. Uh, Penn State beat Illinois 30 to 13. That is not covering, uh, it's covering 14 and a half, but it's not covering against an Illinois team um, that that I. that's not near as good as Iowa. And right. in the Big Ten, again, it's tough to win these games by more than a couple scores. 24 to 14, 27 to 14. Uh, once again, I am not sold on the Nittany Lions despite a wide out. Let's take it to Dono. If Penn State
1: wins by more than 14 and a half, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. I'm not putting my money on this one, guys. This I is mean, a good so, abstain, right? This is a yeah. good abstain. This yeah. is a good abstain. It's like if they win by three, four times, would it surprise me? No. Am I willing to put my hard earned money on it? No. Uh, now why I would lean to, you know, Penn state winning this game by close to that number is, uh, you know, he talked about all the, all the injuries on Iowa's offense. I just don't mm-hmm. think Iowa is going to be able to score consistently, but then at the same time with that zone defense, they play, I think they're going to keep everything in front of them. And maybe the chunk plays won't be there for Penn state. So I could see this one being, uh, being a little bit in the muck, so to speak, and not being that high scoring of a game. So I, all this to say, I'm not sold.
0: For more of College Football Kickoff Live, check out your favorite Locked On College YouTube channel and get the second hour where we go over our best bets for the week. This has been College Football Kickoff Live.